what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here are your hosts, Terry and Kristen. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Selby-Gonzalez, and I will be hosting this week's show. I am just so thrilled to bring our next guest uh, this week, Mr. Tom Bohager, who is the president of Enzymedica and founder of Autism Hope Alliance, and he will be talking about different digestive issues that a lot of our kiddos are facing. So, hi, Tom. Thanks for being here. Hi, Kristen. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I, you know, of course, you know, I love our product, and, I, and many listeners, if you don't know, I actually am the director of autism education for Enzymatica, so having Tom on the show is definitely, um, I have a kind of warm place in my heart, so I'm just so excited to have you here today. Um, okay. I know all the work that goes behind what you do, um, but I know a lot of people still don't know, so I would love to talk, you know, just kind of jump in and talk about you know, a lot of the digestive issues that a lot of our kiddos are facing and why is that happening and, you know, what are you seeing works and what doesn't work? Well, uh, it's, there's a lot to discuss. I, you know, it, when we got into this, um, we, we've been associated now with, with the cause of autism, not the cause in that, um, you know, what, what causes it, but the, the cause in supporting families of children with autism for about uh, nine years now. And, and, about two to three years ago, what we decided to do was uh, to to sponsor a survey in order to try to figure out if if what we speculated and what we saw in other printings were accurate with regard to digestive health because that's one thing that Enzymedica really focuses on as an enzyme company is is digestive health, digestive support, and overcoming digestive distress and what we found based on um, the survey that, that we sponsored with hundreds of parents of children with autism uh, participating was that about 80% of children on the spectrum are reporting or parents are reporting that their children have uh, some form of digestive distress, digestive issues. And as, as to what they do about it, it varies uh, considerably. For example, 80% do use some form of supplement that's not necessarily um, uh, unique to handling digestive distress, but they are using uh, biomedical treatments, uh, which I'm sure your audience realizes. Um, also, about 70% follow or have tried a restrictive diet. We know that these are, are very popular and very useful among uh, these children. And, and about 55%, interestingly, 
are on a gluten-free, casein-free diet, which, according to our survey, appears to be the most popular diet. I think you would, you would concur, uh, Kristen. And, um, and then others, there's other diets as well that eliminate um, you know, specific uh, carbohydrates. Uh, some eliminate artificial flavors and additives. But um, clearly, uh, when we talk about children on the spectrum, we're talking about children who have trouble breaking down uh, specific types of foods. And as a result of that, uh, they not only have um, obvious symptoms, but they're also uh, less obvious um, symptoms associated with it as well. What would be some of the less obvious symptoms? Well, with regard to less obvious, things like that we didn't, wouldn't normally associate with digestive distress. You know, usually when someone has pain, they'll hold their stomach, a child will hold their stomach, they'll put pressure on the gut, they may have diarrhea, gas, bloating, um, even, even sometimes um, in their face you can see digestive distress or lack of of uh, benefiting from vital nutrients, such as um, dark circles under their eyes. But the, the not-so-obvious or the less-obvious symptoms have to do a lot with behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, hyperactivity, um, moody behavior, even constant hunger. You know, hunger in itself uh, can be an indication that a child is really not benefiting from the nutrition in their food. And so their body is telling them that they need more. And so hunger can be, be the result of that. Um, sleep problems. When a, when a child uh, has difficulty sleeping or, or staying asleep, that may be due to pain. It may also be due to a form of malnutrition. And, and picky eaters, which we see all the time. You know, as I talk to parents, um, one thing that I see uh, very frequently is that their children, many children, tend to have a couple favorite foods, and uh, this appeases the child when they get the favorite food. They tend to be extremely picky eaters, and introducing new foods can be one of the biggest challenges uh, of a parent of a child uh, on the spectrum. So those are the the not-so or or the less obvious symptoms associated with digestive distress. Well, it's interesting that you brought up regarding, you know, picky eaters or even not even understanding if you're hungry or not hungry. Um, I have a friend who basically her son would only drink milk. That's all he drank all day. He wouldn't Mm. eat anything else. He started on a digestive enzyme, and what was happening was his stomach was so bloated and he was having such um, gastrological issues, but she wasn't aware of them. Once the enzyme started helping, all of a sudden this child started eating tons of different foods, started feeling better, his language started getting better. And so I would guess that would probably be one of the less, you know, obvious symptoms that you wouldn't think of. Another thing I've heard a lot, um, children that are walking on their toes, um, some people find that some of the times the children are actually constipated. Right. So it is true when you're talking about the behaviors. Sometimes when you're looking at things, you need to look kind of um, outside the box in order to to really get that detective work in. Right. So in in that particular case, they may recognize that their child's constipated. They may recognize that their child has diarrhea, but they they probably don't associate the walking on their toes with constipation. That those two are related, and that so you have you have a symptom that might be a little more obvious, constipation, associated with a symptom that is less obvious, walking on their toes. And that's and so that's what we're encouraging parents uh, to to be in tune with is is what behavior uh, that they are observing uh, in their child may be associated with either not benefiting from the nutrition in their foods. Uh, or not getting the the right types of foods, or simply not not uh, breaking down the foods, which could cause distress, pain, and and behavioral issues altogether. 
Now, I get this question asked a lot, and I'm sure you do as well. Um, how do you know if your child needs a digestive enzyme? Well, um, the way I would answer that question is, is I would first uh, educate the parent on what the enzyme does. And what enzymes do, I mean, they do a lot of different things. But, uh, but if we're talking about digestion in particular, the enzymes that we give ourselves and our children supplementally help us break down the foods that we consume more efficiently. But, but it doesn't just end there. So usually when we visualize the foods being broken down more efficiently, what we're, what we're visualizing is foods becoming smaller. And, and that is accurate. You know, we are breaking foods down into smaller pieces to benefit from that food. But in addition to that, what enzymes do is they literally, they chaperone or they take the, the uh, nutrition from that food and they deliver it to the cells of the body. So uh, without enzymes, we, could, we would simply be malnourished. And that's, that's a key component of, of why take an enzyme. It's for nutrition. Uh, the other thing to consider, and this is critical, is that, that there's a lot of times, um, there's a lot of things in food that we simply don't need, especially if we're buying food that is canned or bagged or boxed or frozen. Um, you know, there, there's preservatives, um, there's toxins, there's all kinds of chemicals that are placed in our food uh, as a result of the process um, required by, you know, the uh, the Food and Drug Administration for for safe eating, and and uh, and I'm not slamming what's required, but the fact is the fact, and that is that we're getting a lot of things in food we simply don't need, and so what enzymes do that most people don't realize is they take the things we don't need, and they help um, quickly remove them from the body. So they're they're doing two things: they're removing things that we don't need while they're taking things we do need and delivering them to the cell. So to answer your question, Kristen, how do you tell if your child needs an enzyme? Um, what I always come back to is, is if any child has any um, either digestive uh, issue or any medical or health-related issue, then an enzyme is going to be beneficial because of, of the efficiency um, that it, it increases, digestively speaking, and the detoxification effects of those enzymes, they, what they do is they provide the body with the, the necessary metabolic energy to help overcome you know, any issue. It's, you know, enzymes aren't just for digestion. I mean, we like to think of them as digestive aids, and they are, but the, the effects of proper digestion can be profound in, in so many different um, health issues and health challenges that any child with any challenge should be taking a, a good digestive enzyme. Well, it's fascinating because you're, and I'm listening, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, so many people, if you know you're constipated or you know you have diarrhea, those are clear signs, okay, something's going wrong with my digestion. Even if you have, like as you were talking about earlier, dark circles or, you know, um, bloating and, or, you know, something, something physical that you can look at um, physically in your body. However, um, I've talked to people that will say, oh, my child poops and everything seems regular. You know, he eats, you know, he's not a picky eater. Um, however, when you brought up the fact that there's other things possibly going wrong, um, I love that as a way for people to understand the importance of enzymes. The other question I'm sure some of our listeners might have would be, okay, so I take the enzyme, but now I don't really see anything. And, and it's not that it's not working, but how do we, how do we educate the the listeners to understand that even if you don't feel like you're seeing something, things are still happening. And when we come back, we'll answer that question um, as soon as we get back. Thanks, guys. 
to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga, and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Selby-Gonzalez, and I am hosting this week's show. Next week, Betsy Hicks will be filling in for Terry, and um, we'll be uh, excited to hear her um, back on the air since she, we haven't heard her for a while. Um, today we've been talking with Tom Bohager, who is the president of Enzymetica and founder of the Autism Hope Alliance. And before we went to commercial break, we were talking about um, what signs to look for um, when uh, when somebody possibly you know could use an enzyme when they're not sure they could. Meaning uh, they're not looking like they have digestive issues. They're they're seeming to be pooping. The child's seeming to be eating. Um, how do we know that the uh, the benefits of enzymes can really help them, Tom? Well, it kind of goes back to to what we were just talking about before the break, understanding how enzymes work in the body. Enzymes are are one of these things that always work. And and, and what I mean by that is that doesn't always mean you can see them work, but they always work. And and so when it when an enzyme, which is which is really just a it's a protein that contains energy, when an enzyme is um in the presence of what it it uh, catalyzes or breaks down, then it will always do its job, provided that, that in the presence of, uh, let, let's say, a, a protein, a protease in the presence of a protein, 
Protease is the enzyme that breaks down proteins. When you have a protein present with a protease in the gut, then you cannot prevent that protease from breaking that protein down. It's just it's something you cannot inhibit um, in, the, in the GI tract. So knowing that when these enzymes are present and food is present, that they will always do their job, then um, you, you, you're kind of halfway there. Because when, it, when an enzyme is doing its job, what it, what it means is, is that, that the, um, the body doesn't need as many um, enzymes uh, that are produced normally in the GI tract to be produced. And so the demand for the enzymes in the GI tract decreases. So supplemental enzyme enters the gut. The demand for uh, the enzymes of the body decreases. And when that decreases then it provides additional metabolic resources for other reactions to occur. And I know that sounds really complex, but if I were to break this down, um, simply put, health is about energy allocation. It's about allocating the amount of metabolic energy that we have at our disposal. And I like to use the illustration of a cell phone. When, um, if we have a smartphone... And I know you do, Kristen. <laughs> uh, if you, have you used the GPS on your smartphone yet? I have. You have. Have you ever used it without it being plugged into your car? No, I haven't. What happened? Okay. Well, here's what happens. <laughs> if you use your smartphone uh, as a GPS, as a map, and, um, and you're using it to go from point A to point B, you tend to draw far more energy from the battery than you do when, with any other service on that smartphone. It's just remarkable. You can almost watch the battery go down as you're driving. It's, it's that demanding on the energy of the battery. It just requires a lot of energy. Well, digestion is the same way. Digestion requires more energy than anything else uh, of the human body, any other job that the human body has to do. So when there's food in the gut, job one is digesting that food. And as a result of, of that being job one, the most important job at that moment, there's more energy being directed to the GI tract or the gastrointestinal tract than any other system of the body, whether it be the cardiovascular system, the endocrine system, anything else. So, so knowing that that is such a high demand, if you can decrease that demand, in other words, you know, plug your cell phone into, the, into your, your car charger, if you can um, supply it with supplemental energy, then all the other systems of the body begin to work better. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing that when enzymes are combined with restrictive diets, with um, other types of, of therapies, um, we're seeing that all of this coming together will yield results that none of them on their own can accomplish because it, it tends to complement just about everything you do because it is giving the body the energy it needs to do all the other jobs uh, needed, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's kind of like, as I'm thinking as you're talking, it's basically what happens is, so we eat the food, and our body takes, as you were saying, I think you said 80% of the energy to try to digest that, right? And then, but if we supplement that with other things, whether that be restrictive diet, whether that be um, other biomedical treatments, what that does is the metabolic um, uh, enzymes that are in our body can go after other things and not be used in a sense by draining it by um, trying to digest the food. So a lot of our kiddos might have things like viruses, bacteria, heavy metals, and whatnot. And so um, in theory, what what you're saying is then those enzymes can be used for other things in the body versus trying to break down the food. Yeah, and not just enzymes. That's what's so remarkable about this. It's not just about preserving enzymes for use elsewhere in the body. It, it's about um, what what 
um, biomedical scientists, I shouldn't say biomedical, but um, there's, a, there's another term, um, and for some reason it's, it's, it escapes me right now. But there are scientists that all they do is look at longevity and, and cellular life. And what they've determined is, is that depending on the energy demand, and this isn't just about enzymes, but depending on the energy demand, um, the cell will either live a long time or a short time. The higher the energy demand, the shorter the lifespan. The lower the energy demand, the longer the lifespan. And so what we're doing, when so much energy is being consumed, digestively speaking, when we are relieving the body of that necessary duty, even by a little bit, then that energy demand decreases, and it gives this other, the, the cells of the body, all over the body, the energy it needs to perform its functions in a way that is efficient and, as a result, um, affects health and, and overall longevity. It's, it's really remarkable, and there's a lot, of, a lot of research being done on it. Now, if people want to know um, more about um, enzymes, they can go to your website, correct? They can. And they what can. is that site? And, yeah, and enzymedica.com, E-N-Z-Y, medica.com. There is one more thing I wanted to share based on, on, on your original question right after the break, and that is um, you know, the, the concept of, of why take anything and what should we expect when we take it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain amount of confidence required in what we're consuming in order to recommend it. You know, as, as an example, multivitamins are the most popular nutritional supplements uh, in the world, uh, and everybody, whether they were doubters 30 years ago or not, just about everybody recognizes that there's a, a certain level of benefit in taking a multivitamin, especially if the nutrition is not found in the food that they're consuming. And, and there's a level of confidence associated with consuming that vitamin. When a person takes a multivitamin, they're not, they're not saying, okay, um, I'm going to measure the benefit starting today of this multivitamin. That doesn't mean they can't measure it. It just means that there's a level of confidence associated with the intake of that supplement that goes along with, with buying and consuming that supplement. The beauty of enzymes is, is there's so much research supporting what enzymes do in the system, knowing that they always work when they're in um, the presence of what they need to break down, that um, the level of confidence can be incredibly high when you look into it. Now, now the beauty of enzymes is, though, is is probably 90% of the time the benefit is almost um, uh, obvious in the first few days of consuming it. So, so you may see a, a reaction to, to pain associated with digestion. You may see a behavioral reaction. You may see reactions on the skin. You may see reactions in sleep. You may see reactions in blood sugar levels. I mean, there's so many ways to measure the benefits of an enzyme. It's almost... Um, it's almost overwhelming. So what I would encourage your listeners to, to do is, is give it a try. If they haven't tried a digestive enzyme with meals themselves or for their children, give it a try, monitor it for even just a few days and see if they don't see something quickly. Well, and I know for a lot of listeners out there, too, if you're, if you're taking a supplemental enzyme and your child doesn't swallow, just quickly you can twist open that capsule, put that in a little bit of water or juice, and give that with the first bite. I also know you could put that on the first bite of food, something such as applesauce. However, you just don't want to put it in anything hot um, because at 100, I believe it's 118 degrees, the enzyme will be denatured, if I'm correct. That, that is correct, yeah. Um, so I want to jump into also, um, we have so much to talk about. I swear, I think I could talk to you all day. I think I have talked to you all day about enzymes <laughs> in the past. But I want to talk to you um, about food reactions and yeah. and what that looks like in people. Well, th- this is this is 
kind of tough, you know, and a lot of parents have been through this process where they um, believe with all their hearts that their child is sensitive or allergic to certain kinds of foods. And they're basing this on um, the reaction that the child has either physically, the obvious, quote-unquote obvious, or the not-so-obvious symptoms associated with that, that food. And so what they will typically do is they'll take their child to a doctor, an allergist, who specializes in determining food sensitivities and food allergies. And so what that doctor will do is, is often um, there'll be a blood draw involved. There may be um, skin tests involved where they, they prick the skin with these uh, potential allergens and determine if, if there's a reaction on the, on the skin. And what they're looking for is they're looking for an immune response. And so if the body um, is allergic, if we are allergic to anything, whatever that thing is that we consume um, in the form of a food, then what is happening is the body, for whatever reason, is identifying that food as harmful and, or something, a component of that food. It could just be a single protein within a, a complex matrix uh, of a food group. And, and, but nonetheless, there's something in that food that our body recognizes or believes is harmful. And as a result of that, that harm that the body thinks um, it, it will undergo as a result of that intake, the body tries to remove that food as quickly as possible. Now, that may be through um, diarrhea. It may through, be through nausea or vomiting. Um, in extreme cases, it might be anaphylaxis where, where the, um, the throat swells and the face swells, and, and that can be you know, life-threatening. And we usually associate that with peanut allergies and things like that. But here's the thing. When a doctor is trying to determine um, a, a negative or an adverse food reaction, what they're looking for is an immune response. And if the child has a, um, a food allergy, then they will find the immune response. And, and, and that is, uh, without getting into great detail, they're looking for an antibody produced by the immune system called immunoglobulin E. And if, if immunoglobulin E is present, the doctor says, you know what, your child is allergic to... Uh, dairy products or to lactose or to wheat or to whatever's in wheat, gluten or, or whatever it may be. And there's a, there's a full-blown allergy there, and you have, quote-unquote, a diagnosis. However, there's less obvious um, tests. And so when IgE is negative, when it's not a full-blown allergy, and by the way, allergies occur immediately after consumption, um, there may be a delayed reaction. And in a delayed reaction, it could be hours or even days before the child actually responds to the food that they've consumed. And so this is called a food sensitivity. So you have food allergies at the top, immediate, and then you have food sensitivities just below that. Now, interestingly, food sensitivities to our immune responses, and doctors can test for food sensitivities. They're looking for different immunoglobulins. And I hear the music, so we... Yeah, as soon as we come back, I'm I'm so fascinated what you're saying. I'm sure all of us are wanting to hear more. So as soon as we get back, um, we'll pick right back up. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Are you living your vital life? One that is showcasing you at your full potential? There are many issues that stand in the way of most people achieving their full potential. We will discuss these issues and how to overcome them each week on The Vital Life, Awakening Your Full Potential, with host Dr. Carolyn Coker-Ross. Living the vital life often requires that we trust our own intuitive voice and that we view illness or life challenges as calls to action to reconnect with the deeper urges of our spirit or soul. Tune in Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga, and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Selby-Gonzalez, and I am hosting this week. Um, I have had the great pleasure of talking with Tom Bohager, who is the president of Enzymatica and the founder of Autism Hope Alliance. And before we went to commercial break, we were talking about uh, what food reactions look like and, um, you know, different, different symptoms and signs of that. So before we went to commercial break and you heard the music, Tom, um, you were right in the middle of something. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so we've got uh, the most obvious, uh, when, you, when we go to visit a doctor, an allergist, the most obvious uh, test they'll run is for a food allergy, which we discussed. And that's, that's uh, almost an immediate reaction to something we take. And interestingly, if we're having an immediate reaction or a child is having an immediate reaction to something that they've consumed, we can usually identify it very easily. We just have to confirm it, you know, with a doctor. And then, then as we were speaking about, less obvious um, adverse reactions would include food sensitivities, which could take hours or days for the reaction to to be had. And this this also involves the immune system. This is something that a doctor can test for, but it's less obvious than IgE, immunoglobulin E antibodies. And so, but again, you get a diagnosis. Okay, your child has a food sensitivity to whatever, dairy, wheat, whatever. 
Um, then you have things that you can't test for, and this is where it becomes really challenging for parents. These are what we call food intolerances, and there is no immune response. And so if you've, if you've gone to visit an allergist with your child and you're hoping to be able to quickly identify what foods your child cannot consume, and you've gone through the allergy phase, you've gone through the sensitivity phase, and they've run all of the tests available um, in that office or that lab, you're now in a space where allergists do not know how to diagnose, for the most part, I shouldn't say all, but for the most part, an intolerance. And the reason it can't be diagnosed by an allergist is it is not an immune response. Yet, most children uh, on the spectrum have many food intolerances. The most common, of course, are uh, gluten and casein. But uh, there are many others often associated um, with spectrum disorders. And so um, these, because you can't test for them, an allergist, quote-unquote, will, will, um, will be very confused as to what to recommend next. And that is why it is so popular to start restrictive diets. And that is why when you're left with, with no real direction, you start eliminating certain foods, the most obvious foods first, foods containing casein, foods containing gluten, which is dairy, wheat, cereal grains, etc. And then many times, certainly most of the parents that I've talked to, um, will see dramatic changes in their children with this one diet, with just gluten and casein-free um, diet, because what they've eliminated is an intolerance. And an intolerance is essentially an enzyme deficiency. An intolerance is when the body cannot break down a particular compound within the food, and so, um, as an example, many of us are very familiar with, with gluten, and gluten is a, a type of protein that has been partially digested by um, the, the GI tract, by the digestive system, but not completely digested, and it creates what is called a, a morphin protein, a protein that's not quite a protein, it's not quite simplified into amino acids, and this partial protein wreaks havoc on the GI tract, that we start to have a reaction to it. But if your body was capable of breaking that protein down to its simplest components, your body would not react the way it does. And so what it ultimately is, is an enzyme deficiency. And so here's where enzymes can be very beneficial in association with specific food intolerances. So basically, when I'm thinking of the different food in intolerances, um, my son, um, many listeners know, I have a little boy, Jackson, who's diagnosed with autism and has a lot, a lot of, um, you know, sensitivities, allergies, um, actually diagnosed with celiac even. Um, but one thing he has never shown up on a test ever is for tomatoes. And yet I know if I give this child tomatoes, he will have some form of a reaction, whether it be his cheeks will swell up, like a little red rash, diarrhea, um, hyperactivity, um, and so sometimes, especially when you're looking at tests, and so many parents will tell me, oh, there's no allergies, they can eat what they want, or I don't really see anything. Sometimes it does take a couple of days, and it takes that food journal. I think we've talked about this in the past, Tom, where people just write down what their children are eating and then being able to um, go back and see any results, whether it even could be just like sleeping, um, if they, they sleep well that night, um, was their language different, did you see an increase, a decrease, did you see aggression behavior? Would you say all of that was part of it? It absolutely could be, and that, that's, that's what's so hard about determining an intolerance. And, and what you're describing it sounds more like a phenol than, than anything else. Yeah. Um, and, and phenols, you know, the thing about phenols is it's probably the last thing most parents address. 
you know, they, they go with uh, casein and gluten uh, usually uh, in the beginning. They may move into a specific carbohydrates um, after that, which, you know, which is essentially anything that converts quickly into uh, sugars that serve as food for candida, etc. And then the last thing they might try is, is phenols. And the symptom that you're describing is, is most likely you know, uh, sensitivity to phenols. But, but the issue with phenols is it's everywhere and mm-hmm. in just about every plant. It, I shouldn't say just about. It's, it's in different portions. It's in all, all plant life. So if we're eating plant life, we're getting phenols. And it's used as a preservative in just about all foods. I mean, so it's, it's all around us. And so unlike um, gluten, casein, and um, specific carbohydrates, you can't eliminate all phenols from the diet. It's just, it is physically impossible to do so. But what you can do is you can eliminate um, the most obvious contributors to a phenol intolerance. And those tend to be the brightest colored um, fruits and vegetables, along with um, different preservatives, artificial colors and flavors, etc. You can eliminate that. But by introducing an enzyme that helps break down phenols, at least we think it does, it's we could spend an hour just on, on, on what we think is happening with this. Um, we have seen dramatic results or dramatic benefits with this specific intolerance. Now, when you're talking about um, phenols, I think this is a great segue to talk about different enzymes, um, the role of different enzymes. So when you're talking about phenols, you know, like you've talked a little bit about dairy and gluten. But, you know, really to, to try to understand when you are talking about phenols, um, what, what are some symptoms somebody might experience um, that are having issues with phenols. Like I know we've already talked a little bit about maybe red cheeks or... Right, right. So, yeah, the, the rosy cheeks might be a part of it. The red ears might be a part of it. Those might be the more physical um, things you can see, obvious reactions to phenols. The, the less obvious have more to do with, again, behavior. Um, Dr. Feingold, um, you know, there's something out there called the Feingold Diet, um, identified uh, attention deficit, hyperactivity, certain symptoms of uh, autism, uh, scrambled thoughts, in other words, um, an inability to really uh, form coherent thoughts, uh, communication skills, sleep. You know, so, so if, you, if you've gone through all of the other restrictive diets and you, you find yourself at the end of this road with nothing more to eliminate and you still aren't seeing um, the, the, the progress that you're hoping for, you've seen progress and I'm certain of that, if you've, if you've removed gluten casein from the diet and, and you've gone onto the specific carbohydrate diet and, and you're, you, you've made great progress but you want to take it a step further, it may be time to start looking at, at you know, phenols and the foods that, that are the, the biggest um, contributors to this. And, and it's often more behavioral than it is physical. So, what, so when you're talking about the enzyme role, um, so basically, there, is there a particular enzyme then that is helping that you're believing helping with the phenols you were talking about? Yeah, there, there's an enzyme called xylanase. What, what's you know hard? It's hard to talk about this topic um, because we we really don't know enough about it. We have an awful lot of anecdotal evidence that suggests that that high amounts of xylanase do contribute to reducing the common symptoms of of a phenol intolerance or sensitivity. Um, but interestingly, you know, there was a paper not that long ago that came out that suggested that, um, that xylanase may actually contribute to carbohydrates bonding with phenols. And our original theory, I say our very loosely, I don't mean Enzymetica, but, but people looking into this topic, 
the original theory was that it was the combination of, of a carbohydrate attachment with a phenol that was creating this, this intolerance because that bond was difficult to break. And we speculated that xylanase might be able to break that bond, and thus alleviating the reaction. A paper came out a while ago, and, you know, not that long ago, within the last couple of years, which suggested that xylanase may actually be contributing to enhancing that bond. So what we're left with is we don't know. We don't know what xylanase is actually doing. What we do know is this, is that, that people that have identified phenols as an intolerance for their children who introduce xylanase into their regular um, biomedical treatment or supplemental um, uh, treatment do see beneficial results most of the time. And so that tells us that xylanase plays a role. What we don't know is how that role can be described. We, there's just not enough known about it. But, but xylanase is the enzyme you're looking for for this particular Now, when the listeners are listening, just so they are clear, xylanase, if you were to turn the bottle over of any of the enzyme products that you're looking for, um, xylanase is an ingredient. It's actually not a name of a product, correct? Exactly. So it would be in the supplement facts box, so the side panel of, of the product, and you would be looking for you know, xylanase as an ingredient and then a high level of xylanase at that. You know, um, I, this might be a good time just to briefly describe when they're looking, because I've had this question asked and I thought of it as you were talking. Um, you know, the units that are being measured, how can you talk about that in a really simple way so they understand it's not measured by weight? Yeah, um, enzymes aren't like calcium and vitamin C and, and uh, all the other things that we tend to buy in health food stores. And most of those are, are measured in, in measurements of weight, such as milligrams or international units. These are just ways of describing how much by weight is in the tablet or the capsule. It, with an enzyme, weight is, is not um, a measurement that has any real value. Uh, because enzymes, the way you determine the potency of an enzyme is you, you determine how much of a specific protein, carbohydrate, or fat it can break down in a given time frame. So what you're looking for are what we call active units. And so an active unit is a description, it's a measurement that, that would indicate that an enzyme can break down a specific type of food or what we would call a substrate, I don't want to overcomplicate this, a specific type of food in the environment of, of the stomach or the lower GI. And, but but here's what, what makes it really, really hard. Um, the FDA has told us what to test. So when we're testing our enzymes and, and then we're putting that, that test, that measurement on a label, I'll just give you one example. Protease is a very common enzyme in digestive enzyme supplements, and it's measured in HUT. So it'll say protease, H-U-T, and it, it'll, it'll mean it's literally hemoglobin units in a tyrosine base. So what we're testing is hemoglobin. But we don't eat a lot of hemoglobin. We probably eat no hemoglobin. So the relevance of that test isn't great. So there's where a level of confidence on the manufacturer has to be a part of that decision-making process. Well, and I think when the listeners are listening, that's why it's so important to know what you're getting, guys. When we come back, um, we will pick right back up where we left off. All right. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to autismhopealliance.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. Betsy Hicks will be a special guest next week filling in for Terry. Um, And before we get started back to what we were talking about with Tom Bohager, who is the president of Enzymetica and the founder of Autism Hope Alliance, I wanted to remind all of you guys that last week we we did a highlight show of the Autism One conference. If you missed that show, definitely look in the archives. Um, however, if you missed Autism One altogether, make sure you go to autismone.org and look at some of the Ustreams there, which basically what they did was they recorded many of the talks. There was 150 speakers there, um, many great things that were going on. And so if you missed any of it, definitely catch it on autismone.org, and um, you can catch up with a lot of some of the new research that's going on, a lot of the new data that's happening, and just a lot of the new protocols. Um, one exciting thing that I know was the first time this year ever, they had something called the Autism One Award Show. It was an amazing dinner gala that happened on Saturday, and some of the um, top people that are doing some amazing work in the autism community were nominated for many categories. 
However, the reason I'm bringing this up right now is because, um, Tom, I know that you were nominated in a couple categories for your company, but you won something. What category did you win for? Um, well, I think you know, but <laughs> <laughs> I do know, but I'm, yeah. I want you to. We say won. It. Uh, we were very honored at um, at the awards ceremony. We won a best supplement uh, for our product, Digest Spectrum, and um, it was uh, it was a wonderful honor. To be honest with you, it was great. Well, and for many of the listeners that don't know, four thousand one hundred and nine votes came through in three days. So people from all over the country voted. And so, of course, I was really excited because, you know, um, I am part of the Enzymedica family, but just so, just so excited. This product to me is, I mean, I, I always say this every time I talk about any of our products, but it's one of my favorites. And um, can you talk a little bit to the listeners to let them understand perhaps why that so many votes came through? What, why, why is Digest Spectrum so, um, so special? Well, Digest Spectrum is, um, it's really a combination of products. So at Enzymedica, we make uh, over 30 different enzyme products, and, and um, a, a lot of those enzyme products you take away from food. We call them therapeutic enzymes. But, but uh, another uh, big category within um, the products that we make are the dige- is the digestive category. And we make products that are very popular in health food stores that kind of try to cover all the bases. But we also make products that are very specific. And so, for example, we make a product that is very specific to gluten and, and casein. We make a product very specific to dairy. We make a product excuse me, specific to phenols. And, and so what we were hearing from the parents, primarily through, through you and your network, Kristen, was that a lot of parents had to combine um, the glutenese product, the lacto product, the carbgest product, and the digest product or digest gold to, to really get what their child needs in the form of, of all the intolerances they may have. And then, by the way, we haven't said this yet, but it, it bears you know, stating, um, we never recommend enzymes as a replacement to restrictive diets. We always recommend it as a, um, an adjunct for the restrictive diets. And so um, you tasked us, uh, Kristen, you and, and, and other parents, with the challenge of, of providing an enzyme that would prevent parents from having to buy four or five different digestive products. And so what we took was the best of, of our really four to five products, depending on how you look at it, and we combined it. And what it means is, is we have high-potency enzymes and the enzymes that break down gluten, casein, dairy, and phenols. And um, as a result of that, we also combined with it a, a good all-purpose digestive enzyme for everything else. And so what you end up with is, is uh, Digest Spectrum. And what really uh, makes me feel good about um, this product in particular, not just the award, but at Autism One I had the opportunity to talk to many, many parents of children who were taking the product. And across the board, they expressed their appreciation for, um, for, number one, they don't have to buy more than you know, one digestive enzyme product, and number two, on how well it was working for their children. So it is something we're very proud of. And if they want more information about this product, um, they can go to the website uh, www.enzymedica, that's E-N-Z-Y-M-E-D-I-C-A, dot com. And um, on the site there, um, if they go under products, they can just click on Digest Spectrum, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah, so you go, um, and when you go onto our website, at the very top, you'll see um, some, some little tags. You'll see digestive, therapeutic, or supportive. You hit digestive and you scroll down to digest spectrum and then you've got all kinds of information there about the product that you can find. And I know also you have a book too if they're interested. Um, can they get that on the website as well? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I've got uh, the book that we're um, that we're currently distributing is uh, everything you need to know about enzymes. And um, yes, it is available online at our website, enzymedica.com. And they can also get it on Amazon as well, correct? Yes, they can. Yeah. And then um, the other thing, I think I forgot. Um, I just was realizing this as you were talking. Um, do you want to talk about any of the Autism Hope Alliance work briefly? Um, absolutely. Uh, Autism Hope Alliance is a nonprofit that um, I and, and a couple others founded uh, now about two years ago. We supported the Autism Grassroots Tour, which you, of course, were a big part of, along with uh, Ron Kaufman, and that's some, some work that we're, we're very, very proud of, um, having visited 27 states. Is that correct? 20, 26 states. 26. I always want to say 27. <laughs> um, you you got to add another state. <laughs> I say 27 all the time. Well, sometimes we went back twice, so you can count those. Okay. <laughs> so the Autism Hope Alliance is uh, really our goal is to educate uh, parents and families and caregivers of children with autism about the different um, alternatives that they have uh, to um, to this uh, challenge, and and uh, often uh, very difficult to find information. Uh, we we distribute a, a booklet. We've distributed tens of thousands of booklets called Autism: What the Experts Know, and um, in it there are uh, what twelve authors, if I remember correctly, Something Kristen, like of the last mm-hmm. printing, right? Um, yep, something yep. like that. Um, all with different avenues of and approaches uh, to autism. And, um, and in addition to supporting um, awareness and education, uh, one of our major goals is to make biomedical more affordable through health food stores. So we're actively looking for ways to do that. We've partnered with a, a very popular website. I don't know if it's, pop, if, if it's something I should mention on this oh, show. Oh, absolutely. That's what I was Okay. Saying. Yeah, if, if you go to um, iherb.com, I-H-E-R-B.com, and you purchase anything on that website and use the code B as in boy, O as in Oscar, H as in hotel, uh, 588, B-O-H 588, then a portion of all of um, what you order will be contributed to um, the cause, uh, Autism Hope Alliance. Um, Generation Rescue has a similar program with IHERB, and we're very proud uh, to be associated with IHERB. They're, they're very generous when it comes to supporting autism. And, and so in addition to that, we're trying to work with uh, very popular companies that sell through health food stores, making them more affordable to families, and that's something we're working on diligently. When I know, um, um, before we go, I want to make sure people know, too, iHerb, a lot of their, their supplements that are on there are already discounted at a, a fairly great rate, correct? That's right. The average discount on iHerb is, is around 20 to 30%. Some, some uh, products are discounted as much as 40%. So um, you're already getting a in addition to that discount, um, you're, you're going to be supporting uh, um, families of children with autism. Well, I have just so enjoyed talking with you, Tom. I think I've enjoyed that, it too. Thank you. I think we could probably talk forever because I, I'm such a dork when it comes to enzymes. I, to <laughs> me, it's, you know, for me and for the listeners that know, some of you know my story, some of you don't, but honestly, that has been the turning point when it comes for my son, um, looking at his digestion um, and uh, the health and really the foundation of his diet and digestion together. So, you know, thank you to all that are listening and remembering uh, to go to autismone.org if you miss any of the conferences, especially if you want to pick up Tom's lecture, that is there at autismone.org. Um, remembering to all, everybody, progress for one of our kids provides hope for all, and um, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Enza Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. For more information, go to autismone.org.
Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.